Section 2. Your essence is solid gold. The Arve Nachal says, Shoyresh nishmas Yisrael b'kedusha, Shoyresh kol midas tevois umalois kedushois. The root of the Yiddish soul is holiness. It is the root of all good traits and holy merits. Chapter 7. Essence or Circumstance. After all the good and bad that I do, who am I really? The Gemara says, Amar Abba Barzavda. Even after he sinned, he is still a Yid. Hashem gave every Yid the status Yisrael, and there's nothing you can do to lose it. The Gemara says, There are three partners in the creation of man, Hashem, Father, and Mother. Spiritually speaking, Hashem invests into your being by inserting a piece of His holiness called a neshama, soul. As the Torah says, Hashem blew a living soul into His nostrils. And the Zohar HaKadosh says, Just as when a person blows out, the air comes from within him. So too, when the Torah says that Hashem blew a soul into man, where did that soul come from? From within Hashem, so to speak. An essential part of every Yid is a chelik elekami mal, an actual piece of godliness inserted directly by Hashem, creator of the universe. Therefore, the core of every Yid is pure and holy. This is known as the Pintala Yid. This eternal, enduring, infinite, pure godliness within each and every one of us is an indestructible supernatural power with the ability to prevail over the raging flames of evil that constantly attempt to disconnect us from Hashem. But it goes even deeper than that, because even physically we are also rooted in pure holiness, since we are the direct offspring of the Avisaktoshim, the holy forefathers, who uplifted their physical beings through a life of purity and holiness, thereby morphing into physical manifestations of godliness. Thus, even the physical aspect of every Yid is pure and holy. And now we can understand. Yisrael, av shechaitim zeurak b'mikra mitzadei yitzahara, avol etzem nafsham toiva v'lo yitochein hanafila lahem legamri. The Eitz Yosef on the Medrash says, Since we are created from pure goodness, it cannot be that we sin because we are essentially bad, and it cannot be that our sins have the ability to change our essence from good to bad. Therefore, when you sin, it is not because your essence is corrupt, rather it is only because of circumstances brought upon you by the evil inclination. The Britzadik says, Therefore, we must understand that sinning is merely an external act brought upon you by the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. A person's sins are only like external thorns that merely surround but never affect the internal goodness of a Yid, who is like a sweet-smelling myrtle branch. You seem a little skeptical, so let me prove this to you. The Torah says, Behold, my brother Esav is hairy, whereas I am a smooth-skinned man. And the Medrash explains, There were once two people standing at the edge of a granary. One of them was very hairy, and the other one was completely bald. 
Suddenly a big wind came and blew all of the loose chaff all over them. The bald guy simply wiped his head and all the chaff slipped off. However, the chaff became entangled in the hairy man's thick, bushy hair and he had a very hard time getting it all out. So too with Yaakov and Esav, the extremes of good and bad. The Medrash continues, Throughout the year, the wicked Esav becomes filthy with sin and has no way to properly clean himself, whereas Yaakov, meaning each and every Jew, becomes also filthy with sin throughout the whole year, but then Yom Kippur comes and wipes all the filth away. We learn two amazing things from this Medrash. 1. The Medrash does not say that the difference between Yaakov and Esav is that Esav sins all throughout the year, whereas Yaakov never sins. What does this teach us? This shows us that the Torah understands that human beings, yes, even though we are precious, pure, and holy, can still sin every single day of the year. 2. The Medrash also clearly shows us that there is a fundamental difference between Klal Yisrael and the rest of the world. A Yid's sins do not cause internal corruption. Therefore, even after you sin all year long, you can simply cleanse yourself with one quick swipe just as the bold man wipes the schmutz off his head. Why? Because it isn't really a part of you. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Waterlogged. My cell phone dropped into a bathtub full of water. Obviously, it stopped working, and I was sure that it was ruined. Then a friend of mine suggested that I put the phone into a closed bucket of uncooked rice for 24 hours. Skeptically, I followed his advice, and to my great surprise, the phone worked like new. I was sure the water had destroyed my phone's ability to receive signals from the satellite way up in the sky. However, I learned that those connections were perfectly intact, and once the water evaporated, the phone worked like new. Try it. It really works. The lesson is clear. Even if you are completely submerged in the destructive murky waters of sin and your connection to Hashem becomes waterlogged, the reality is that if you completely immerse yourself within the pure confines of the Holy Torah, allowing your soul to dry up from sin damage, you will discover that you have not lost the actual ability to once again connect to purity and holiness because that can never be destroyed. This concept is not just a hypothetical, obscure, far-fetched thought. No, it is the foundation of our religion and it affects our daily lives. Here's proof. In Jewish law, a person can divorce his wife only willingly. If a man refuses to divorce his wife, the rabbinical court may use force to convince him to reconsider and give the divorce of his own free will and it is a proper divorce. Now the question is, if they are forcing him to give the divorce, then how can this possibly qualify as if he is giving the divorce willingly? The explanation is as follows. Internally, every person always wants to fulfill the will of Hashem, creator of the universe. And therefore, when a person has trouble doing what he is supposed to do, we understand that his evil inclination is not allowing his inner pure self to do what he really wants to do. And the Ramam explains, This is why we can physically beat the husband 
well, don't actually do that. You'll get in trouble these days. Because we need to knock out his evil inclination out of the equation and free him to do what he really wanted to do all along. And that is what is right in the eyes of Hashem. With this elevated perspective, we can understand how Hashem looks at us even when we succumb to sin. The Torah says, "Lehibit oven biyakov, v'leira amol biyisrael. Hashem lekov imoy usuras melech boy. Hashem did not see any sin amongst Yaakov or any perversity amongst Yisrael. Hashem, his God, is with him, and the friendship of the king is within him. And the Nesiva Shalom asks, "This sounds really good." Hashem doesn't see any evil, any sin, but come on, how is it possible that Hashem just ignores all of our sins? Isn't there any justice system? The reason is revealed to us at the end of the Pasuk. The Nesiv Shalom explains, when the Torah says, Hashem Mai, that Hashem is God is with him, it's referring to while he is sinning. This means that even when you don't have the strength to overcome the Yetzirah and you fulfill your desire, deep down inside of you, your heart is torn to shreds as you cry, how on earth can I go against the will of my God? And since this is how you really feel deep inside of you while you're engaging in the sin, Hashem does not take your sinful actions at face value and does not consider it as if you truly meant to rebel against Him. So here's the play-by-play. The prosecuting angels come running to Hashem. Look, look what Maishi is doing! But Hashem looks past the action and sees Maishi's broken heart and He responds to the angels. This is what you're bringing me? A distraught Jew who is so upset about doing something against my will? And this is what the Rebbe Rebzisha taught us. Malach shenivra al yidei asiyas ha'avera einenu shalim, ki eina shlema. Since every time you sin, you actually deeply inside, you regret going against the will of Hashem. You don't sin with a truly happy heart. For this reason, the bad angels that are created by your sins are never whole. For deep down in your heart, your heart is really not completely in it. So even after so many sins, your essence is still intact. The Pritzadik explains that your internal Pintala Yid can never be extinguished, even by an abundance of sin. For then it would be impossible for a big-time sinner to ever be able to return to Hashem. The fact that even a huge sinner can return one day to Hashem proves that the actual connection has never been fully extinguished. Authentic Yiddishkeit clearly believes that even after sinning over and over, day after day, year after year, all the receptors that connect us to Hashem are still completely intact and ready to be used. They don't become musty, dusty, or rusty. The Pritzadik says, The fact that one who intentionally rebels against Hashem can completely turn around in one moment and stand ready to literally die for Hashem is only possible because he possesses an indestructible spark of godliness deep inside of him. Over the centuries, Klal Yisrael has witnessed this phenomenon hundreds of times. Here's just one story. Let's bring an example to prove the point. It's never too late. During the terrifying years of the Holocaust, the Nazis, Yemach Shemam B'Zichram, gathered all the Yidin of a certain town into the main shul on Yom Kippur. 
The Eden were squashed together, gripped in fear, not knowing what would happen to them. They knew that the Nazis were capable of burning them alive in the shul as they had done elsewhere. After hours of waiting, the Nazis Yimach Shimon burst into the shul with their top Jewish informant. This was a non-religious Jewish thug who had sunk to the lowest depths of the underworld. Before the Nazi invasion, he would terrorize the religious people and extort money from them. He was such a dangerous thug that when anyone even heard his name mentioned, they cringed in fear. Since the Nazi invasion, he tried to find favor in the Nazis' eyes by being an informant. And now the Nazis roughly shoved this Jewish thug into the shul. They had an agenda. They opened up the Aaron Kaidish. They took out a Sefer Torah, unrolled it on the floor, and commanded the Jew, this thug, to relieve himself on the Torah. To everyone's shock, he refused. The Nazis beat him mercilessly. However, he would not shame the Torah. They beat him and beat him until he died right there on the spot. The next day, the rabbis decided that this thug, who was now a holy Yid, who gave up his life not to shame the Torah, who was murdered, Akidish Hashem, should be buried along with the Sefer Torah, for which he gave his life. Now we can understand the powerful words of the Medrash. Afilu boigdav rishoim shebe Yisrael tzadikim heim. Shenemar va'amech kulam tzadikim. Even a seemingly rebellious, wicked Jew is really deep down. Are you ready for this? A tzadik. Now we can uncover a powerful insight into our relationship with Hashem and learn how we can grow and connect to Him. The Pasuk in Hosea says, Shuva Yisrael ad Hashem alikecha. Return Yisrael until Hashem your God. Kikashalta bavaynecha. For you have stumbled with your sins. Now if you carefully analyze this verse, you will have the following questions. 1. The Prophet should have said, Return to Hashem, not return until Hashem. Furthermore, 2. Every Jew thinks to himself, or at least you should. I mean, come on. Let's be really honest over here for a minute. After all of the rebellious, revolting, hideous, horrible, horrific, dreadful, appalling, disgusting, awful, sickening, repugnant, hard, ghastly, grisly, and slimy sins that I knowingly committed directly against the will of Hashem, is it really possible for me to return Ad Hashem Alekecha all the way back until Hashem Himself? How can a lowlife, spiritually contaminated sinner like me actually still connect to the ultimate of all purity and holiness? Good question, huh? 3. The Prophet should have told us, Return to Hashem. Why? Because you sinned and messed up your life. Why then does he say, Come back and return to Hashem because you stumbled with your sins, as if to cover up the severity of our sins and suggesting that we somehow just, you know, kind of mm, uh, accidentally stumbled? The Nesiva Shalom answers that the answer to all of these questions is yes, even after all of the sins that you did, you can still return literally all the way to God. Ad Hashem Alekecha, until Hashem. Why? Because each time you sinned, it was only because you stumbled due to the outside, exterior, evil inclination. But it was never your internal Ratzon. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Misfit. 
Ruvain was a really good yeshiva boy. When his friend Chaim got married, Ruvain rented a car and drove eight hours to be at the wedding. At the wedding, someone spiked the soda with vodka, and without even realizing it, Ruvain had alcohol in his system. The wedding was over very late, and Ruvain was pretty tired, but he set out for the long drive back home in order to be back in time for yeshiva the next morning. In the darkness of the night, he dozed off. Boom! He veered into the other lane and hit a car, which spun out of control and hit a tree. Ruvain was arrested for driving under the influence and was sentenced to 10 years in jail. Throughout the 10 years Ruvain sat in jail, his parents never missed a chance to visit their beloved son. They knew that even though he did a terrible thing, outside factors were to blame for this horrible occurrence. When they visited their precious child and saw him in a prison jumpsuit, treated like a common lowlife... Their hearts went out to him, and they suffered along with him. Their poor child was in the same jail as thieves, drug dealers, and drunks. Yet they knew, and they believed, that he was not really one of them. Seeing their dear son in this lowly situation only magnified how different he was from them, and how much he did not fit in with those criminals. The same applies to each one of us. The Nesiv Shalom says, "Va'afilu kishi Yehudi chayte b'mered uvemal, einze ela kishalin, ki imhu yodeya umakir es gadlus habayre karoi loy haya chayte, imkain dinai ka'adam hachayte meblidas." Even if it seems that you are sinning against Hashem out of defiance and rebelliousness, it is really only due to a stumbling block. The truth is that the only reason that you ever sin is because the evil inclination managed to wrap himself up around your better judgment and somehow numb your brain to the point that you were in a fog, like a drunk man who can't even focus on the ramifications of his actions. It was never your internal will to sin. You never signed off on this. You never agreed to this. And you surely aren't proud of what you did. Therefore, you will be judged as someone who sinned unintentionally. The Nesiva Shalom explains, You were sent down to this world on a mission to live with some sort of comprehension of the greatness of God and your commitment to follow His command. But in the end, you got sidetracked and confused and became immersed in stupidity and nonsense. No sane person would ever do that. So the sins that you did while in a dazed and confused state of mind, even those that you did on purpose, were not while you were clearly feeling and perceiving the true greatness of Hashem. Did you know what you were doing? Well, technically you did. But did you understand what a terrible thing you were really doing and the consequences of your stupid, idiotic actions to sin against God? No way. And the proof is that while thinking clearly, you would never do those things. That is why Hashem will have mercy on you and purify you from all of your sins. How can you be sure? Well, it's really quite simple. If at the moment of your sin, you would have truly recognized the incredible, infinite greatness of Hashem, would you still have sinned? Absolutely not. If you would be standing in the Beis Hamikdash, would you do that sin? Of course not. At the Kaisal? Never. On Yom Kippur during Nila? No way. And that is why there is nothing that can block you from returning to Hashem. So what does the Yetzirah do to us? The Yetzirah knows that if you really try to get back on track and become better, you will succeed in improving your life. And that's why he works really, really hard to make sure that you don't even try.
The evil twisted Yetzahara tries to convince you that it's too late for you to return to Hashem. After what you did? Forget about it. Hashem's never seen anything like that before. Besides, you already made up your mind to be good so many times and still you fell again and again. So what good is it if you pick yourself up again? Boy, does that sound familiar. But the truth is that we know and believe that Hashem understands our personal difficulties and struggles, and Hashem takes into consideration our inner pain stemming from our distance from Him. Therefore, when we do what we can, He accepts us back with open arms, time after time. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that you should not despair and you should not give up on trying to repent, rebuild, and reconnect to Hashem because every sin you did is only due to the external stumbling blocks placed before you by the evil inclination and it does not properly represent who you really are for your essence is pure. It's a pure soul placed in you by God. It is a piece of Hashem. So how could you really be bad? The Medrash says, Yisrael. The Jewish people are so beloved, Even when they are spiritually bankrupt, Hashem still remains with them. There is no thought or action that you can possibly do that will ever cause Hashem to stop loving you. In spite of your sins, Hashem has never left your side, and He never will leave your side. This is why Hashem loves you even after your sin. The Nesiva Shalom says, Avihu kaidem sheyechte ha'adam, ve'avihu la'achar sheyechte ha'adam. Hashem is your loving Father before you sin, and He is still your beloved Father even after you sin.